feel like I should get college credit for watching Virgin Suicides. Oh, Why? Because no. <laughs> it was a lot of work? No, no. Uh, that's a lot of words that you put in my mouth. It wasn't a lot of work, but I feel like... Uh, it's a cool hour and 27 minutes. Fun. Short and sweet? Yeah. I'm not so sweet. <laughs> not so sweet? What is the Virgin Suicides? For anyone who didn't do their homework. Uh, Virgin Suicides is a film from 2000. It was Sofia Coppola's directorial debut. Um, it is this soft, hazy dream of a story about five adolescent Lisbon sisters as they're observed and remembered by a group of neighborhood boys. Following the suicide of the youngest sister, Cecilia, the girls struggle against isolation, suburban banality, and their strict parents. Feeling more and more cut off from the world, the girls ultimately enter a suicide pact, leaving their community with the melancholic mystery of their decision. I'll be, I'm going to be up front. This is the first time I've seen this movie. This is always one of those movies that people were like, Nick, you got to watch Virgin Suicides. Yeah. And immediately I'm like, doesn't sound like something I'd be into. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad I did. Why not? Because you're like a hardcore boy and this yeah, is Yeah, like because soft. I only watch movies like Die Hard Terminator. and Children of Men, Terminator, <laughs> with guns. Classic. like a Casablanca. The only there. people with shirts off are the dudes with the big guns. Nice. No, but it was just one of those movies that like, it was like, one day I'll watch it. And if this was that day. Yeah. And uh, I'm very glad I did. I I was not familiar with Sofia Coppola's work outside of uh, Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. Um, no bling ring for me, unfortunately. No, no Marie Antoinette. No, no, I've not seen Marie Antoinette. But that's another Kirsten Dunst one, right? Yeah. No, see, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm assuming she's in other movies or... I don't know how many movies Sofia Coppola has done. I, five or six, maybe? Okay. I think I think Christmas might only be in those two, but I'm not sure. And Joey, what about you? Well, I mean, I didn't know anything uh-huh. about this film. Uh, sometimes I feel like I have like a, like a clue or an idea, and sometimes I'm just really I feel, I, I feel like my extent of what I knew about this movie was the title, yeah. and I'm like, I'm gonna take a big old stab in the dark and say that some virgins kill themselves see but it threw me for a loop because there's one person in the movie where i'm like oh she's not dying oh yeah yeah <laughs> not all virgin <laughs> yeah but i mean i guess the title's still correct because there's virgin suicides but not all suicides are virgin like it's like a it's like a square rectangle thing right all the virgins commit suicide. Yeah, but not. But all not all the suicides, suicides are virgins. Are virgins. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid Sophia Coppola ever listens to this, and they'll be like, "What the? F- I need to turn this off right now." Yeah. <laughs> Someone's not understanding what's actually going on here. But um, aside from that one, I'm like, oh, there's gonna be uh, girls who kill themselves, and like we know, we n- we're kind of set up right away with this this narrator who sounds too old to be anyone that we're looking at. Well, it, it does start with a card that says 25 years ago. And then the narration starts. Uh-huh. So, yeah, And then the, all the narration is about his childhood. Were, were you watching at 1.5 speed and it went by too quick? What's going on? No, no, no. <laughs> that... Wow. This is largely a movie about memory, so it's important to yeah. know that the narrator is remembering. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I picked that up yeah. Uh, very quickly. Right. However, um, I, I'm going to be real. I don't have a recollection of seeing the 25 years later mm. card. Like, it was like a Hallmark 
or like a it's like a title card oh oh you know what i might have actually seen that yeah i did i do i'm i'm understand i'm picking it up i'm picking it up <laughs> it's coming back to me like 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 a flood i i didn't really know like like i understood the concept of like sad teenage adolescent women who are just you know dealing with the doldrums of suburban life and just like teenage years you know right. and uh but th that's all i really like had an idea of i wasn't really familiar with the setting or the tone of the movie but i think that's what it kind of really does a good job of just knocking out of the park from the get-go is you open on these like almost acid wash style like not even Polaroid because it's all video, but it just feels like I'm watching an old family video and we're seeing shots of the neighborhood that everything takes place in. And just the narration is so, I think it's a very effective tool in really selling the sadness and mystery behind what happened to the Lisbon sisters. Yeah. And uh, I had actually, uh, just to prep for the podcast, I, I had watched a couple interviews of uh, on the Criterion channel where they were just talking to Sofia Coppola and they were just asking her, like, you know, what are your homages, the things that inspire you, the things that you love about film? And she brought up this Italian movie called La Notte. And she just was explaining that the entire movie does a good job of telling the audience what type of vibe you're going for without hearing anyone speak you just through framing and through the decision to exclude the audience members from conversations or to put the the audience eyes in different perspectives that is saying something about what the director is trying to achieve and i think that she really embodies that especially in this movie and i would say also lost in translation mm -hmm. and so i was just like really blown away by her ability to sell a tone and atmosphere just silently yeah and she before she started directing she was a painter for a bit she was a photographer she dabbled in fashion and then she this is an adaptation of a novel and it was the experience of just reading this novel where she says she immediately knew how this had to look and she wanted to be the person to direct it because she knew what it should look like and was just just struck by an intense desire to direct this movie and I think you can see even just like the shots I think of the girls rooms a lot of how yeah. meticulously decorated it is and it, it makes sense that she was someone who worked in a couple different visual mediums and things like designing sets for like a fashion shoot or any of those kinds of the aesthetic choices that she makes I think are very strong. Yeah, I felt like a lot of the rooms were staged in a way for theater almost, where it just felt like like mise-en-scene is one of those $5 like theater words. But this truly, I feel, embodies that word. Like mm -hmm. she, she knocked it out of the park. If she was also art director, like, wow, like it was really stunning because I felt like there's so much personality in the home mm -hmm. that you can tell who each room or what belongs to who and you're just like yeah this makes sense this character like I, this room makes sense for this character mm -hmm. or this home makes sense for this family there's a lot of like you know the, it has such striking visuals and just a feel and i'm kind of curious how we get to that feel at all like it it, it almost seems like time is a little bit slower mm -hmm. like things just just happen it just such a fraction of a second slower that, that you can pick up on something being uncanny or dreamlike mm -hmm. and I, I was interested to like pick apart how 
they actually accomplish that. Because when I when I think dreamlike, I think of you know a, a softer focus or like a slightly more desaturated color palette. Or uh, the shots in the movie which they have, which is like two different images overlaying each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I was really taken aback by just like the not slow pacing, but just like when they decided to just live on a shot for something. Then maybe if you're making a movie without this tone, you'd be like, oh, that's too long. Yeah. But it's intentionally like uncomfortable. The movie does like a a really good job from the get go of creating like an uncomfortable vibe and not like a horror vibe or like a tense vibe, but just like a something feels off. Yeah, and like a, a somberness to it, <clears throat> right? Because I mean even that the party scene in the basement before Cecilia goes upstairs and kills herself is it's a bunch of teens hanging out at a party, but because it's it's so slow and quiet. You you feel that like the failure of a teenage dream of like this isn't going to be the fun party atmosphere you would see in a different movie about teenagers throwing a party in the basement. Yeah. It it hurts because it's it's missing something and it's slower than it should be. It's painful. It's yeah. awkward, but it kind of revels in that awkwardness where it's like no, this is you know exactly what kind of yeah. party this is. You've been to this party before. Don't you want to go back? And you're like, no, I don't. This is the worst. Yeah, it makes you think about, like, you know, fears that you have empathy for. Of Like, oh, I've been the awkward person at a party. Or, like, I've been in an uncomfortable situation with someone's parents around where you're like, oh, I guess I don't know what to say. Um, I, I, what era is this? The 70s? Yeah, uh, it should be about 75. Because I was like... What's up with all these teenage boys showing up in full suits to a teenage party? Like, this is absurd. (laughs) Hello, I am wearing my church hat. It is nice to see you today. My tie, and everyone's tie, is very fat. Too fat. I just want to know when that stopped happening. Like, when they were like, all right, guys, put the suits away. Yeah, and I mean, even the way their mother kind of organizes all these little social events for them, I get the vibe that, their mom called the little yeah. boy moms and told them there's a party and they're gonna dr- like they're gonna dress I feel like up. This was a, yeah a whole event orchestrated by parents. It, like maybe they outgrew the tea party four years ago and this is like the new form of the tea party. Yeah, it, yeah, like that that whole scene was very good, mm-hmm. but also Mike. The only question I have, and I'm not usually like a plot hole nitpicker or whatever, but I'm like, why the hell would you let your daughter walk upstairs by herself after she had done what she had done, after she experienced like some serious conflict and like moral choices that kids made in the basement? Like, sure, the mom wasn't there, but she was like, def- she's definitely like ear against the door listening and just surveying the land and then i was like of course she killed herself oh well, you left I mean, her alone i mean <laughs> some we get the idea that an amount of time has passed it's not like it's the next day or anything and she's still she's a 13 year old girl yeah. she's a person who has autonomy and agency and yeah. needs to be allowed to be alone sometime it, but it just struck me that the mom sold the 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 mom that was sold to me in the movie mm-hmm. would not let her daughter do the things that she did would not let her spend that daughter specifically Cecilia spend time alone but that was that was the only thing that I was like this is fine but (laughs) like it makes sense but I was just like I feel like this mom would be way more overbearing because she totally is she gets that (laughs) yeah she she does I mean the the movie being about the you know 
it's it's the five boys who are like peering in on the five sisters who have two parents and the movie is really like the majority of those 12 people yeah um and the parents play like a like a role that i don't think i expected to coming in mm-hmm. their their vibe and energy and you can uh, i feel like there's a lot to analyze about this movie from like a like a like a parenting perspective <laughs> and you you can be like is are even though this whole thing is predicated on like unreliable narration where you don't know everything and we're taking the assumptions of the narrator about these people's families' lives, so you don't know how it really was at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what could these parents be doing differently, if anything? And I, I, I found myself thinking about that just as much as I was thinking about the, the girls and their situation. I think in my notes that I was writing, I went back and forth multiple times and like actually writing like, oh man, these parents are horrible at the beginning to being like... <laughs> oh, you know what, I actually don't think they're that bad. And then swinging back to, I'm not really vibing with the way that they want to parent at all again. So I kept on going back and forth and having these complex feelings about like parenting, which as someone who does not have offspring, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about. But I feel like the thing that this movie does is it does serve as like this, I don't think it condemns the parents' actions or does it praise, nor does it praise them. I think it just presents parents that we've, all seen before whether it be your own or friends or just acquaintances like you've seen these parents you watch these types of parents in media all the time and it's not they're not usually painted in a negative light it's just usually like oh yeah that's my dad he falls asleep in front of the tv and you know he has a hard time connecting with the kids but like that's not that big of a deal i don't know if i agree with you i feel like the movie wants to condemn the mother for how strict she is at the end Oh, I I think that's a factor, but I feel like it's more of one puzzle piece that is kind of like closing in around these people. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't think she's more of an active part of the shape of their lives than any other factor that's happening at the end. I, I don't, she's not a mean person and she's not an irresponsible person and I don't think the movie wants you to feel like she pushed them somewhere or failed them in some singular meaningful way as much as she's just it's a lot of little failures in these people's lives and she's part of that and they all failures that aren't just like the parents or the girls it also goes out of the way to show you like failures (coughs) wow i'm sorry we're not gonna edit that (coughs) that's the burger again um my bad um it feels like it goes out of its way to also be like, uh, hey, the school system also isn't perfect. Like, like no one is really dealing with this crisis in a way that is, I don't know, constructive in the way we'd want to in modern times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, the school feels like it doesn't really do, it does, like, the absolute minimum, which isn't seen as enough. The parents, like, handle it in an okay way, the first suicide or the suicide attempts. The town is so old school um, suburban America that it's more like catty and gossipy and drama and and, and yeah. everyone kept to themselves and like there's not really a communal effort at any point in time people seem really disjointed or just judgy so and I think it's a lot of adults not taking the intensity that adolescents can bring seriously yeah. even if as an adult you can look back at those experiences and feel like they were blown out of proportion or you were over emotional or you can look at other teenagers and feel like they don't understand they don't have the context to know how small their problems are none of that really matters when you're the person feeling those things it's a whole community that is incapable of taking teenage girls and their 
pain seriously. Yeah, no, com- yeah, completely agree there. I mean, I, I have, I also find it interesting to like want to try and empathize, emphasize, emphasize, empathy, empathy. <laughs> it, it's a little bit hard for me to even like have complete empathy for the girls because while like I can share some of their emotional pain, like I, I have no idea what it's like to grow up with that that kind of uh, female constraint. Yeah, and I think, you know, a big part of this movie is that their experiences are, you're not getting a firsthand experience with them. They're not narrating. There's not really any scene between just the girls talking to each other. It's every part of their experience in their life is being filtered through people's unreliable memory and observation, a lot of observation they weren't even aware was happening. You have, like, trips, weird interview where he's kind of filtering them through his eyes it's it's they all exist in this like weird liminal space and they're constantly being translated by other people you never get full access to them it's like this the problem with gaze that is both making it hard for you to connect with what they're experiencing and also exacerbating their experiences and even then we don't get like you know a, a full view of all five of the girls. It feels like you know. Yeah. There's like a view of the of uh, Cecilia, mm-hmm. and there's like a pretty complete view of Lux because she's the one that we spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the the she's the one that the boys know the most about, so it's the one that we get filtered through them more. Yeah. So, uh, but the other three, like I don't know what their names are. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you're kind of supposed to not know their names, I, I feel like. I feel like the, the perspective that the movie's giving you is, again, just through the perspective of others, like the boys who are um, after the ones who are the ones they deem the most attractive. And in doing that, they're like, oh, wait, what, what's her name again? Uh, I don't remember, but Lux. Lux was great. Mm-hmm. Also, very cool name for a girl in the 70s. Can I say that, oh, man, if, if Lux really shot up towards my list of names so that I would want to <laughs> name a daughter. Like, you like, don't feel like that's maybe problematic <laughs> to name after someone in this movie? No. I think I can live with that. Mm. I think I Just can don't let her watch the movie. It's, 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 a, cool, it's a cool name. It, it is. is a cool it's name. It's a cool name. Uh, you, you mentioned Trips earlier. Trips is the the uh, the jock Josh who gets... Hartnett, yeah. Josh Hartnett. Yeah, I was like, why do I know your face? Yeah. Yeah, it's Josh Hartnett. <laughs> but uh, wait, what else has he been in? Like, I, he, like all... Early two thousands yeah, and late nineties movies. A lot of a lot of that kind of guy. I think he was in um, Penny Dreadful. I think most recently he's like. Oh my gosh, is he really? Dreadful. I gotta watch mm-hmm. some Penny Dreadful. But regardless, I really liked his interview mm-hmm. because it felt the most sad from his perspective and like yeah. the most pathetic. Yeah. Like he's definitely like the ex quarterback, like washed up high schooler who probably, well. My immediate perspective was that he lived his best life in high school, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that was the case because I got from the sense of the end of the interview with him that he was fairly successful because it seemed like he had an assistant or something. I don't, I don't I know. He was like, I might be missing. Or like, was he? Was it a like someone called to him? So I just assumed he's successful. But I was like, he doesn't dress like he's successful. No, I got community sense. Okay, that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. Totally right. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked, I think, his introduction as the interview, where it was basically like, 
oh, this like this was the last time that I saw her or like this is the last time we spoke or that's the first time I saw her and that's when I realized I wanted to go after Lux. Like I really liked that turning point. I thought that was a solid act two, mm-hmm. like beginning of act two. We're moving like structurally. I was really into his introduction. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, so, you know, at, at, at the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to the girls. You know, we have uh, Cecilia ending up killing herself, which if I can hang on that for a second, like she hung on the fence, just that was what a, an interesting uh, choice they went with, because I don't know why the rest of her body would be plank stiff if she impaled well, no, herself her, on it. Didn't her dad, wasn't yeah. her dad holding her up? Her dad was trying to kind of. Like she was being held up from the middle, but the dad had like one arm at her head and one arm at her knee, so that was like supporting it and making it flat. But also, bad way to kill yourself. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> few times I've watched this movie, I've also always been <clears throat> struck and really bothered by the next scene where all the guys in the neighborhood come oh, together. Oh, wanted the to talk out. about that. I love that it scene. Makes me so. It's just like the most useless, just busyness that men could do in yeah. this situation is just so obsolete and so frustrating. I, oh, we're frustrated for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> because Joey would have got that fence out of there in like way less time. I was frustrated with the logistics of the match. Rid of the fence. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's they, they they didn't do a good None of them have any type of like construction experience. They they did not handle the removal of that fence I mean, very it's well. Sim- it's simple physics. It's simple physics. But even like when you when you pull it out from the truck, like I mean, the guy drove halfway down the street with the fence. Like he already <laughs> pulled the fence. And you can stop the truck. You're fine. I don't know why you're driving down the street now. Well, that that was a scene though that I had to like. After I watched the movie, I was like, why did why was I shown can that? Can you actually scene? die like that? I'm so sorry. You yeah, totally can. Do. Yeah. But she's just like impaled by like a point. Like how? Yeah, like, if you get stabbed shit. right through the middle of your body, you might die. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a spine, you've got all kinds of organs, you've got lungs. But like, I can stick a knife in you and let the knife stay there and you might not die. But if you take like a, a large iron rot pole and stab someone all the way through. She also didn't did have like a lot of circumference. I assume it did or got close. I thought that it was just like she like got a she got a little a, a little uh, or, ornament stuck in her back. She jumped out the second floor onto a fence. A died. spiked fence. <laughs> yeah, it's a spiked fence. Okay, okay. Uh, but but I w- I was wondering like why was I shown that scene and that was the one that like because I was still kind of shook from the fact that someone just killed themselves. I was like. I couldn't really process what was happening, mm-hmm. but after I finished, I was like, "Why was I shown that that scene?" Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, "Well, it's not often that we see a giant group of men outside of the boys in the movie." So I was like, "Okay, that's got to be something." But what are they doing? They have nothing to do with this family, mm-hmm. and it all just seems pointless. And then I was like, "Oh, they don't know what to do, so yeah. they're just they think they're helping." Yeah. <laughs> but all it's doing is making their their trauma and it's making their sadness so much more uncomfortable because it's so clunky. It draws so much attention to the house and it's just like the exact opposite of what you would want to have happen. Yeah. Still got that train in your truck, Nick? <laughs> it's just like if someone hung themselves and you just like, well, shoot, we should probably take them down before we cut the tree, right? And like, uh yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> like it's just—it's it's just so useless and such a huge disconnect with the problem 
whatever problem they think they're solving. It's just it was it was child logic. It was a decision by a director that had it been a, a male director, I don't think they would have included a scene mm-hmm. like this. And I think it's something that when people say, oh, what's the big deal if a man or a woman directs a movie? I think this is a good example of just perspective that men might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. Something that something to consider yeah. when when you go about just telling a story, which I, would, I really like. So after the whole fence scene, we get another title card that kind of fast forwards us a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. We feel like, okay, we're into the second part of the movie now and we're, um, the things are like, as much as they can be kind of getting back to normal. Yeah. You're like, okay, like we've had this tragedy, like people still like look at us funny, but like we're going back to living our lives. They all seem functional. Yeah. They go back to school, no one notices anything weird. You have that great scene of the them working on a group project and one of the girls mentions a character dying yeah. in play and has a freak out about I'm so sorry and they're fine. Yeah. yeah. They're totally fine. And then we get to like a, oh look at look at these it's weird because you the the movie isn't virgin suicide it's right. virgin suicides plural mm-hmm. so you're like okay what else is going to happen because right now everything seems kind of like ho hum or recovery based yeah and one of the first lines is also our narrator saying like cecilia was the first one to like yeah. it's set yeah it's it the, the time bomb starts ticking down as soon as act 2 begins like yeah. You know it's coming, but at the same time, I think the movie does a good job of, at least for me, helping me forget that that's happening. And that's because I think we're getting the story told to us from someone who's not the girls. Mm -hmm. And, like, we see them back at school, but almost immediately the boys are trying to pick them up again. Like, they're all trying to be like... Oh, I'm gonna fucking men trying to show interest in you. Do you, are you interested in me? It's like, oh, my sister just killed herself. <laughs> but again, that's a thing that teenage boys just have zero yeah. idea of. They're just like, pretty girl. Ooh. She's not crying right now. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> She's great. It's time to make my move. <laughs> that, and but that I think that's like a good storytelling like i think that's a good i think that telling the story from the boys perspective made this movie so much more i think uh insightful Mm -hmm. into what the point of the movie is which is good um it's reinforcing theme through narrative or through framing device that's mm -hmm. what it is i feel like as the girls are back in school, we get introduced to Trip, no. who is like the boy who we spend the most time focusing on, mm-hmm. uh, who is is uh, interested in Lux. But he's he's the hottest boy in he's school. He's the hottest yeah. boy in school. So I mean, why would she not? Because I mean, look at how cool it'd be to be with the hot boy in school. And you see Trip like kind of try and normalize himself and be cool he goes and talks to lex's the girl's dad Mm -hmm. who's a teacher at the school which is like kind of a fun scene because you're like your intentions aren't this pure and you're lying but like the dad like wants to believe the most in you and like be a good dad and like 
the dad's also like, oh, hey, like, you know, my wife really wouldn't be down for you to take all the girls out to, to a dance because, you know, she's a little bit stricter than me, but I'll see what I can do. And I'm like, this feels like a like like a real family dynamic. I can imagine yeah. someone in this scenario. And also the scene where he comes over just to watch TV with oh. him really just reminded me the pain of like when you date in high school, yeah. you spend so much time with the person you're dating's parents. Oh, yeah. And how much that just is not fun. And it's not the like sexy teen experience that you see so oh, often. I have in media. the worst, the worst memory of <laughs> um, we. I went to a girl I was dating in high school. Her mom took her and myself to um, the Canyon Club. What's that? Oh, uh, I, I figured you might have been. The Canyon Club isn't like a historic LA proper venue, but it's a historic venue right outside of LA. It's in um, okay. It's like <clears throat> um, a kind of Calabasas area. Okay. It, it has a lot of history. Um, there was a Journey cover band playing. I Hell yeah! Think. <laughs> That's really good. There was a Journey cover band playing, uh. and I was annoyed this night because the uh, the NBA slam dunk contest was on. And I'm like, I guess my tickets <laughs> conflict, and I had to spend the most uncomfortable night with like her her mom in the car. With she was interview. chilling. She was waiting in the car. No, 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 no. She went to the show with us. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. So all yeah. three of us were at the show together. Yeah. So I very much understand the pain of of uh, hey, let's just hang out with the family around some some yeah. good old entertainment. Let's watch this show. It's about nature. That sounds fun, right? Ah, uh, it's getting late. Don't put your feet on <laughs> yeah. the table. He's looking at him. Yeah. Oh. I, I really did like that. Like that part of the scene because that again I think is the authentic high school br- bringing you, the person you're interested over and it's like oh they're trying to be sexy but sly yeah which I was like no this is perfect this Sophia Coppola you nailed it in this scene like this is yeah. wonderful I, also, I love the scene of them sitting next to each other in the assembly that's just like, <laughs> them, yeah. like kind of smiling at each other almost holding hands it goes on so long but it's so like you can feel that like butterfly of excitement they yeah. both have and then just the fart that makes them both like <laughs> that was a That's very exactly, violent fart yeah. <laughs> it was quite the fart and um trip and the boys do take them to the dance they do they do um peach schnapps the babes love it Dude, I'm, that's why I carry one bottle with me wherever I go. Well, do you like peach snacks? I did in high school. The one detail I loved is that they the mom lets them go to a fabric store to choose like the the, the fabric for their dresses yeah. and or their style for their dresses. But no matter what they choose, she'll like custom sew it to like hike it up. One oh. inch and down one to be as conservative as possible. Yeah. Such cult vibes, the five of them in their matching. Oh. <laughs> That's what the family felt like. It felt like a cult, especially like after yeah. the, the suicide. It felt like they were sequestered away and just hidden from society. Yeah. And it felt like something terrible happened here. But like the, like so much so that a news reporter shows up on their front doorstep. Multiple times. <laughs> Can we talk about how the mom was so concerned about the boys driving? But didn't it all seem to be concerned about the fact that they put 10 people in a Cadillac? <laughs> I think that was the 70s. Yeah, that was the normal that, thing to do. Yeah. 
Oh man, they were just on top of each other. And they were, they no were, one was wearing seatbelts. Yeah, you yeah. didn't need it, dude. A bunch of cars don't even have seatbelts. Yeah. Oh man, that it's like oh I I you better have had your permit for a long time or be a licensed <laughs> driver. I'm great. And yeah. smash cut to seven people in the back seat. Like, oof, yep. oof. It's always weird when I see young kids spark up a, a doobie, too. Like, a old doob. I wanted to be Team Trip, but I really... <laughs> why? I, why? Because I'm like, you're, you're just like what, what's going to happen? He's here? just shooting his shot, he's bro. He's just shooting his shot. He's, yeah. he's, just, he's just being a real go-getter. Um, but I can't <laughs> condone getting stoned before meeting your date's parents. Bad call. Bad call. Dude, that's how confident uh, he was. So that's what he did. Yeah, he would... Do that at school. That was just his like what he did. But yeah, like I know who that person was in my mm-hmm. high school, and it's like, how are you operating? And then, fun fact, they didn't. Yeah. Like they was just they would just kind of walk around. I was like, oh okay, well, that's how you want to spend your days. That's just fine. not gonna go to class. Gonna <laughs> hang out on campus, but not go to. Okay, that's yeah. just weird. <laughs> it's just someone like you can tell the best time of their life is definitely right now in high school. Yeah, and it's close, quickly coming to an end. Mm-hmm. So sad. Um. My least favorite part of the entire movie, least favorite part, uh-huh. was that uncanny x-ray shot of uh, Lex's underwear Oh, that said trip on them. I, I thought that was cute. I, I like that. Yeah. It was so jarring to be like, <laughs> hey, hey, we're going we're gonna to show you under the hood right here. Let me yeah. do this weird, this weird shot on shot x-ray. I'm like, this is... <laughs> but you know what? That... It didn't feel like, again, like, I think the difference between a male and female director is, like, I feel like if a, a, a male director had shot this scene, they'd be like, we got to make it hot. We got to make this sexy, bro. But it just was like, no, she just has the underwear with his name on it. Like, that was a thing that she had talked about previously. Yeah. And now it's a it's a fun It wasn't callback. the idea of it. I think it was just the execution or, like, the editing. I mean, like yeah, it's an older like style. Too big or like not like it fits right or it, it looked too like um cut and paste like like yeah. with, with safety scissors and glue so i almost it, it's almost isn't more that of a, kind of the aesthetic of the movie there's a lot of genuine collages <laughs> throughout this i, I movie. guess you're right it, it, it was the one moment that reminded me i was watching a movie mm-hmm. and i think that up until that point i was so like in on everything happening yeah. Yeah, but but I didn't think it was bad, though. I didn't think it was a bad moment. I was just like, oh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was jarring, but I, mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Everyone goes to the dance. They do. They have the peach schnapps yeah. under the table. Under the bleachers. While while the song plays, the come sail away. Come. It's always that song in <laughs> movies set in the 70s at a high school dance. <laughs> it's talk? always that song. I was kind of fading because I was watching this late at night, and I'm like, I'm tired. Okay. Uh, but as soon as sticks came on, like, <laughs> fuck yeah, let's go, everybody. Joey whipped out the peach snaps, took a swig. I'll have you know, I'm a peppermint schnapps person. <laughs> oh, oh, gross. Or that's, a butterscotch schnapps person. Ugh. That's old white dude energy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a peach. They, they drink the peach snaps, which is like, okay, some of the girls like have some kissies. And like, okay, this is like... Well, well Lux and Trips have the kissies. Yeah. And then... Her younger sister and her date see like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't go well. It, work. it was painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, been oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lux, Lux and Trip win prom, king and queen. They do. So you're like, wow, 
look at all this stuff that's going right. They're having the kissies. They're having the peach snaps. They got to go out. They're mm-hmm. they're the most popular couple. Everything's good for them. I, I was expecting a carry moment right there, where it's just like they're drunk. And something bad's gonna happen, but nothing did. Yeah, this movie crosses paths with Carrie a lot. Yeah, I thought about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then the the, the night's over. And Is it though? It's not. Maybe not for over. some people. <laughs> some people just want to go right? home. Am I right? Some people want to go home because it's curfew time. Mm-hmm. But then I I kind of got pulled out again by the whole idea of Lux and Trip like going to uh, to have coitus on the football field. <laughs> it sounds so much worse when you say it that way. <laughs> and then just like he leaves her there in yeah. like a in like a drunken coma from the peach schnapps. I assume because that's. Surely the only way that you pass out on the football field and wake up in the morning is if you're too fucked up? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think she was, like, crazy drunk. I think she was just vibing. Yeah, I think they were just... But, no, like, that scene really bothered me. (laughs) It bothered me that he left her there. Yeah, that's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, and even... I was more upset by his narration of that yeah. experience. Like, I don't know why I did it. I just did. At that moment, I was just sick of her. Anyway, that's the greatest love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, such a... But uh, but it also says a lot about, like, that type of person in high school. Yeah. It was like, they just saw some unconquerable object. They saw it as an object in their eyes. And they're just like, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. And then they do that. Like, okay, cool. I won. Time to go home. Yeah. And just romanticizing something that was never... The genuine connection they decide the story will be about. You know, he's telling a story. He is he has created an idea of what his time in high school was when obviously it wasn't as meaningful as he's saying it is. Mm-hmm. I just could I find it so hard to put myself in that headspace of that type of, of that person. Mm-hmm. Of being like, how do you do that? Yeah. I can get like the Oh hey, let's go do something crazy. Like, do you want to do you want to go to the football field and have a good time? Like, okay, maybe I can be that person. Mm-hmm. But the wake up and walk away and leaving them there person, yeah, like it doesn't even compute that that's even something that could realistically happen. I don't know what kind of level of like mm-hmm. vapid human being you are to to do that to another I person. I don't think it's as rare. As it, that sounds. I definitely grew up with a lot of people in high school who was like, yeah, I could see them doing something Yeah, like and you, that. you know, he was driven to that moment by, like, a rush of excited emotions, and then he got what he wanted, and that excitement went away, and then when he woke up, it was the realization of, like, oh, I have to deal with this, I have to get her home, she's going to be in trouble, she's out late, I have a class with her dad who's going to hate me, and he just didn't want to deal with it. Because it's doesn't matter at the end of the day to him but i i feel like that really like if the if the if the time bomb was ticking down now the fuse has been lit i feel like in this moment Mm -hmm. because she does get a cab home really interesting logistics of how she got a cab and you just do that back in the day really yeah yeah back in the day this is the 70s dude you just play a cool uh, I don't remember. I, I don't know why she didn't just text Uber. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah. or, or. That's what I do. Text Uber. <laughs> um, uh, she, she gets home. Mom's mm-hmm. mad. Yeah. Justifiably yeah. mad. But it's such a distant shot, which is good. Because, you know, it's so distant because she's like, 
yeah, she knows she's in trouble. Mm -hmm. But she's so removed from all of it because she's so upset, which I really liked. Because everything is just shown from a distance. And you see the, tr the, the drama from a distance. You see the cab driver leave. I thought he was waiting for, for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. or I thought he was waiting for, for the bill to get handled. But I think if I was a cab driver and I saw it, I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And so the mom puts the girls on lockdown. Yeah, takes them out of school. And that kind That's of, a crazy reaction. <laughs> all of them? Why do all of them need to be taken out of school? Because they already lost one, and they're just falling away. I feel like this was normal behavior that they're being punished for. They're just well, a little yeah. bit, they're a little bad. That's something that people... That happens, though, Joey. <laughs> there, are, there are families like that. Unfortunately. And, yeah, yeah she's traumatized their mom is traumatized mm -hmm. and feels her losing control i i think it's a it makes sense that she does this yeah it's not I completely don't, wild i don't blame her because she's just like this is all i can control right now yeah. because i feel like i have no control well never leaving the house again mm. and, and that's when i feel like the boy's intensity and desire to be like i want to I want to be with these girls. Yeah, that's when it really no, picks up have because a mystery now, like they're infatuated with the idea of what the fuck is happening. Yeah, there's something going on, and they want in on it. Mm -hmm. They start spying on Lux, who's having weird, promiscuous events on the rooftop. This very bold move. Yeah, I'd be way too scared if yeah. I was in that position. My mom would. I, I feel like that mom would like. Just I mean, what's shoot. the worst that could happen? <laughs> Everything is already taken away from Yeah, her. I guess she probably wouldn't throw her off a roof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How'd your daughter die? She jumped on a window. How'd your other daughter die? She rolled, she she rolled off the roof having sex? I, I mean, maybe that's what that's Lux... That's why they got rid of the fence. That's why they got rid of the fence. <laughs> maybe that's why Lux realizes, like, this is fine to do because nothing worse could happen to me. Yeah, and she's she's always, like... That kind of male attention has always been her link to the outside world yeah. and how she is able to, to find a connection with things more exciting outside of her family. And that's, that's the only way she can find that when she's locked up. Then we get to, I'd say, near the end of the movie where the only way that the girls communicate with the boys, at least what the boys say, is through like this SOS style like light signaling that's going on which is very funny and i was just like oh that's a weird like in any other feel-good movie this would have been where the guys come in and save the girls and and they run away and yeah. the happily ever after and it, it, that's definitely what the boys think is gonna happen mm -hmm. and you know you have this very very cute moment where they're playing music for the girls through the telephone because mom made them throw all their records away. You know, that the kiss, she was really upset about yeah. kiss. I was like, Hey, maybe, maybe that's the one you want to get rid of Aerosmith. Okay. Maybe that one next. But after that, everything else is probably okay to keep, but kiss and Aerosmith. I don't know. But, but I really, really like that moment of like the excitement of the boys to play music for the girls. And at least in their eyes, the girls also had that same experience on their end. Mm -hmm. But we know probably that wasn't the case. Yeah. And then the boys go over. They have a master plan. They have a master plan. 
which is not from the Kiss album. That would have been funny. <laughs> that was from the Metallica album that burned. <laughs> Jesus. We're workshopping comedy here, everybody. Um, they, the, the boys go over. They, they meet with Lux, and uh, their night doesn't go as planned. I was not expecting this ha- this part to happen. This, this movie almost becomes a horror movie for this moment. Yeah, this is where I forgot it was called the Suicide Virgins. Yeah, they go over thinking they're going to the Virgin suicides. them. They have a car, they're ready to go, they have a whole plan. And you even see they're like, at first it seems like maybe it's just a jump forward. Yeah. Of them all driving during the day out on some road. Um, but that's just kind of what they're imagining will happen. And Lux kind of tells them, you go inside, you wait, I'll go wait in the car. And they never get their big escape because Lux goes into the garage and turns the car on and all the other girls kill themselves in various ways around the house. The moment when you see the production, when you see the the hanging, the leg dangling, I was like, fuck, I forgot this movie was about suicide. Oh, my God. Oh, that was just horror. Mm hmm. And, but these kids seem so, like, looking back, it's, they seem so untraumatized by it, which I'm like, you just saw a mass suicide. What's yeah. going on? And, like, one of the sisters stuck her head in an oven? What? How do you even do that? That's terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I was just thinking about, like, so the girls planned this? Yeah. Yeah. Quite elaborate. Yeah. There was definitely no, like... No, they they were very committed to the suicides. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was and that's kind of kind of you know the the tragedy of the movie is that we do like we we, we see these girls like like fetishized yeah as as like objects, but like you never really get to have any of their side of the story because they're just real people that yeah. we don't know what's going on, and we're just as kind of clueless as the boys. Yeah. It's kind of like a ghost story. Yeah. It, it feels like a very grounded one, though, because then it makes you think like, wow, has there been something like that in my life that I have not just been like clueless on? Like, have, have, was I clueless to something like this in, in my life? And it really forced, it forced me to reevaluate the way I like just, you know, I, I try to be a good man. I try to, to do things right. But it definitely was like, oh, man, I got to really reconsider the way I look at a lot of things in, in a way that I'm just hopeful for like maybe i can do better you spent more time asking me if i'm okay <laughs> step one yeah we got that fence removed <laughs> out in front so it should be good i can't yeah good thing i can't jump onto a fence anymore. i'll just i'll just splat onto your car <laughs> like that taylor Swift yeah, music you, video you could survive you could survive that fall but ultimately the, the movie ends on just like yeah, well then, you know, we'll never find out what actually happened. You get a little more from the town, um, specifically, I think, of the debutante ball, where there was some issue with poison or rats, and they have to make the theme of the debutante ball asphyxiation. And it's all lit in green with smoke, and everyone's wearing bedazzled, uh, like, gas masks. That's what and that what was. What a fun party. And mocking, there's that, the man who, like, jumps into the pool mocking a teenager, killing themselves. That's what I had a hard time, I felt like I was watching a different movie. I felt like I was watching, um, what's it called, A Clockwork Orange in yeah. that scene. Because it felt very, like... It felt shot like it was shot differently. It was a lot colder. It, it was just. It felt like an afterlife scene. Yeah. To me. It was so 
weird and yeah. creepy and i just i had a hard time understanding i missed that it was the debutante ball that they mm-hmm. had talked about previously in the movie but it just felt gross yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's the whole story turned into an aesthetic experience oh, that was wild yeah that was a good movie <laughs> i liked it joey how do you rate this movie um I've been rating the movies I feel like now that we have so many kind of in relation to each other mm-hmm. and less of on like a, a, a thumbs up or five stars or something and in that accord I'd say that I liked the movie I wasn't, I wasn't super jazzed about it I didn't walk away being like fuck yeah that's like a thing like I, I absorbed a lot of and want to and want to think about and shout to the heavens and recommend other people. It was like, okay, I appreciated the artistry of it mm-hmm. uh, a lot more than the movie of it. So maybe that's like a, like a thumbs up to, to Sofia Coppola mm-hmm. more than anything else. Um, <clears throat> definitely better than Jurassic Park. <laughs> definitely. Jurassic Park, just slightly below Virgin Suicide. Definitely better than Jurassic Park. Uh, better than than the Green Book. Um, I have to. <laughs> I I'm going to. I know I said I would do it for this show, uh, but I I like have them all on a list that I'm trying to like make happen. A definitive so, ranking. This is the, forget the AFI top 100. <laughs> we have the Joey hates movies top. What is it? 15, 14. Yeah, right. There's like 15 movies, something like that. So. <laughs> So the next time I will have them all in a list together and and we can comment on that. Oh boy. Coral. Mm-hmm. How did you you've seen this movie before? Yeah, I'd seen it one other time. How did you what did you think about the movie on a, on another viewing? I think I responded to it more mm-hmm. this time. I felt like I knew I knew what I was looking for and what kind of what story was going to be told and I feel like I watched it more closely. I also the first time I saw it was at night at like a outdoor screening with a bunch of people and mm. that was good but it's this time i watched it alone in the middle of the day yeah and i feel like that's the right that's way a... yeah alone at noon is the correct time to watch this movie <laughs> um, and yeah i just I, I i really like it i think it's a very good uh kind of mood piece <clears throat> Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that makes me just want to sit down and go through all of Sofia Coppola's like filmography and just like try and watch where she goes and how she does it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in getting a chance to rewatch not only this but like Lost in Translation, something that I'd seen a long time ago. Now having a little more context for her work, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to revisit this probably like at some time in the fall next yeah. year. Again, during the day, maybe on like a Sunday, mm-hmm. because that seems right. Yeah. But what's next? It is no one here's turn to pick. I believe it was a community vote as decided by you over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash cybergarbage. $5 gets you access to this podcast early, video version, and a video game styled podcast in the very same vein as this one. But we made a post on there where we asked you what our next movie will be, and the theme was rom-coms, <laughs> right? The yes. theme was rom-coms. Yes. I believe, Coral, you gave um, 
definitive rom-coms from different generations. Yeah. That's kind of how what, we broke what, it up. What do we get, Cole? What do we get? Uh, we got uh, His Girl Friday, which is from the 40s. Um, I've never heard of that. Brilliant. Some of the most timeless, funny dialogue ever written, Okay, I think. Um, what's after that? Uh, Seven Year Itch, the Marilyn Monroe okay. classic from the 60s. Um, then there is... Is that... When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of considered one of the the iconic rom-coms of, like, modern day. And then Clueless from the 90s, of course. And then most recently, 500 Days of Summer. Okay, okay. That's a, a little bit from every every era of rom-com. I feel like that's a, that's a pretty solid lineup of rom-coms. But, Joey, what is our winner? So, it was actually a pretty close vote. If I wanted to be extra thorough, like I wanted to, but didn't have time A recount? To, I think that there should have been a runoff. <laughs> because it was very hotly contested between Clueless and 500 Days of Summer. Hmm. Very, very front-loaded towards the two modern air movies. I guess that makes sense. Um, and ultimately, what ended up winning by a narrow margin was Clueless. A movie that I don't know anything about. Aside from the fact that it is like a '90s touchstone rom-com, mm-hmm. I watched That's it. I think I watched it when I dated uh, my previous partner, and Nick's had two partners. Two? Can, you, can you believe that Nick's had two partners? That's like a weird humble brag, right? I've had two whole girlfriends <laughs> in my life, um, and that was like one of the first movies that she goes, "Oh, you need to watch Clueless. Like this will be fun." And I remember liking it at the time, but that was. When I was decidedly less uh, media literate, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, skinny. I was skinny. I was skinny. <laughs> Sorry, the last one felt mean. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to revisit it. Coral, when was the last time you watched Clueless? Couple months ago. I've seen <laughs> the movie a hundred times. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Is this one of the movies you've seen? Like you'd say you've seen the most? Um, it's probably it's it's definitely in my top like twenty. I would say, yeah. It's just on all the time, and it's always a good time to watch. It's, it's, what it's, movie remember. have you seen the most? Probably Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> what a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for your support on Patreon. Again, uh, thank you for, for either watching us in video form on Patreon or listening to us in your ear holes on, uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you want to get a podcast. You can, it, it's just on your feed. So do the subscribing thing. If you can take a second and do the actual rating and reviewing on iTunes, it, I can't overstate how much it actually is helpful. Don't so you want us to succeed? We'd really appreciate it. If you, if you, if you like us enough and have a couple minutes, the hardest part, I promise, is remembering how to sign into your iTunes account. <laughs> this is true. And it was hard for Nick. But until next time, clueless, watch it. Don't forget, do your homework. We will see you. Back in the 90s. Looking out a dirty old window. Outside the cars in the city go rushing by.